You know it's going to be a good day when your biggest concern in the morning is collecting the crumbs falling from the McDonald's crispy chicken biscuit. Your only concern should be, has your day peaked too early? Enjoy every last crumb of the new McDonald's crispy chicken biscuit for only $3. And any size soft drink for just a dollar. And you'll get your day started on a high note. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Sometimes I think about what the end is going to be. But I want the church to know tonight I'm not going to turn around. I've been on this journey for 36 years. And I'm not tired yet. In fact, we're going to sing a song in a few minutes that said, I don't feel no ways tired. But every time somebody asks me, and said, what you going to do after 36 years? Where are you going from here? You know what I tell them? I believe I run on. Good evening. Welcome to Blessed by Grace Radio. Tonight is Thursday, June the 14th, 2018. The time is 9.32 p.m. You just heard a little bit of Believe I'll Run On by the famous quartet group duo, The Mighty Clouds of Joy, featuring the lead sinner, Minister Joe Lagan. May he rest in heaven. Tonight is our weekly Food for the Soul Bible Study Session with Dr. Bishop. Out for more tonight, ladies and gentlemen, you will be spiritually fed, but thus saith the Lord. Dr. Bishop, out for more. He teaches you the unadulterated gospel, gives you to a raw and uncut. He don't sugarcoat. He don't trick. He don't do any of that. He give it to you straight, straight, and straight, straight, straight. The way he knows. You know how he knows? Because the good Lord gives it to him that way. And he teaches it the way God wants him to, not the way he wants it to. He don't make it to, to to fit his own perception. No, no, no. He tells you the way the Bible is supposed to be told and not any less. Tonight, he will be talking and teaching. So get out the KJVs, NLVs, New Living Testaments, any Bible that you have, and follow along and take heed to these messages that Dr. Bishop Moore has in store for you. Some very exciting news. It will be our 58th Pastors Church Anniversary, the 21st, 22nd, 23rd, and 24th of June. Every night, the Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights are at 7.30 p.m. And then on Sunday afternoon will be the closing out where we allow Bishop to return to his seat for another year. That will be at 3.30 p.m. So, hey, hey, if you're able to come, definitely show up. 
The address is 8516 South Thompson. That's 8516 South C-O-M-P-T-O-N Avenue, Los Angeles, California, 90001. For those of you who don't understand the address, the name of the church is The Greater All Nations Pentecost Church of Jesus Christ. That'll get you on any map. It'll tell you where we're located. And we are incorporated, by the way. So come on down and let's celebrate and let's honor our bishop. He is our leading founder. He is our, our official bishop. He's our pastor, our overseer. He is our affiliate doctor, Bishop Alfred Moore. He's my grandfather and he's my bishop. That is my home church. And when I tell you we get down for the Lord, we get down. Like they say, the young people say, turn up. Oh, we turned up for Christ. Turned down for what? We ain't turning down for status. We turning up for Christ. That's what we do. Ladies and gentlemen, here he is, Dr. Bishop Alphamore. God bless everybody. Thank you tonight, amen. Uh, my granddaughter tonight, amen, for bringing us on, amen, tonight with such high spirit. And we are so grateful for this because the Lord is worthy to be praised. God bless you in Radio Land tonight. This is Bishop A. Moore, amen, Bishop Dr. Alfred Moore tonight, amen, coming to you again, amen, with the Word of God. There is nothing like the Word of God. And I find it so interesting, amen, of where I have been teaching for the last two segments, amen, on the Ten Virgins, I want to continue tonight, amen, because I find this is very interesting in this day and time. Uh, the parable of, the, of these ten virgins, amen, is representing, amen, the kingdom of God, and also, praise the Lord, it is going into the tribulation period. But, amen, what I like about this perception, amen, um, uh, this Five foolish and five wise. We come from Matthew, uh, the 25th chapter, where the Lord says, amen, in first verse, then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forward to meet the bridegroom. Listen what they did. They went forward to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. And they that were foolish took their lap and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their laps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom come, go ye out to meet him. Then all of these virgins arose and they trimmed their laps. Matthew chapter 20. Uh, 25, 1 through 7. And I, I see, amen, uh, something very interesting in these, amen. There, there are, amen, uh, three keys in this verse, amen, that are very beneficial and understanding uh, in this parable, amen, that we are studying tonight. Amen. Notice, amen, that all ten, they were, they were called virgins. Secondly, they all had lamps while they waited for the bridegroom. Thirdly, none of the ten virgins in this problem were the bride. And the reason for this, 
marriage was that the bridegroom already had a bride. So picking up from that, amen, uh, we will let, uh, amen, we're going to continue to praise the Lord and where we left off at, amen, keeping your lamp burning. In this parable, the Lord is speaking to the church and to those, amen, that should come after the church. Keep your lamp burning. Because we know now today uh, the hour when the Son of Man shall come. And the Lord has sent us out as virgins and told us to keep oil in our lamp. The instruction, amen, that Jesus gave in St. Luke 12, 35 through 44, uh, 46, it seemed to be for those who are not prepared when the rapture take place. But I say during the last three and one half years of the tribulation, those saved in the first three and one half years seem to be rapture ready after the mid-tribulation. In Revelation chapter 7, 9 through 19. We've seen, amen, in this problem that most people is going to have their mind somewhere else when Jesus comes. As Jesus stated, amen, uh, and said, just as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be when the Son of Man comes. In the days of Noah, they were occupied with everything else but getting ready to be on board on that ark. Their mind wasn't thinking about no rain. Their mind, that, that was the least ideal of their mind, thinking that it was going to rain. But the word of God had come, and it had prophesied unto uh, Noah that it was going to rain. And it just throws my mind back in our society today. Most people don't have the slightest idea of thinking about Jesus is coming. Many that fell away from the church because it didn't seem like Jesus was coming. So they began, amen, is the slumbering sleep and frolicking around and then got out of the church. But this is a dangerous thing. This is a dangerous thing. The 35th verse let your learn be girl about. And let your light only your lamp burn. Let your light burn. Let your light, every day of your life that you live, let your light shine. Let your light burn. You are a Christian. You are a saint of God. And you ought to let your light shine. Some of us, amen, we don't forgot. We don't forgot. Our light is not shining. And the purpose was for our light to shine that somebody else that was in darkness that didn't know Jesus could see that light in you and turn to Jesus and glorify our Father which is in heaven. Let your line be girly about. And that is, amen, about with truth. And let your light uh, be burning. The 36th verse says, And ye your, yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord. You waiting for your Lord? When he will return from the wedding, then when he comes 
and he knocked, they may open unto him immediately. Are you ready? Are you are you rapture ready today? Church, I'm talking about are you rapture ready? Are you rapture ready? Uh, snatched away from here? Are you are you expecting Jesus to come? Amen. There is an expecting out of the Christmas. We ought to be expecting Jesus to come. Well, if we're expecting him to come, we're going to live like he's coming. St. Luke 12, 35, and 36. So he's going to come immediately. They are to grow their lines, which signify being ready to run or to travel quickly. Amen. You, you, you got to be ready. You got to be ready. You got to be ready. And to have their left lit, you got to see where you're going. And burning, you got to have oil in your vessel. If you don't have no oil, that's when the Lord's going to deny, to, to deny you. He's going to say, I never knew you. When you come to the wedding, amen, God's going to say, I never knew you. Because your work was an iniquity. These verses, amen, seem to refer to the second advent of Revelation. The second coming of Revelation, chapter 19, verse 11 through 21. Where the Lord is returning from the marriage supper of the Lamb. And verse 36, it reveals that they did not go with the other guests. But they were left behind. Even in the church age that we're living in now, if you if you if you are not ready, you're gonna be left behind. And there is not gonna be another chance for you. If you left behind when the Lord come and rapture his church out of here, there is not gonna be another chance for you. What are you doing with your life every day? What are you doing with your life every day? I'm talking about Christians, saints of God, believers in Christ Jesus. Do you have some oil in your lamps? Or have your lamps gone out? Are you part of the, uh, the part of the five wise or are you part of the five foolish? I believe this is an admonition to the remnant of Israel. And all who survive uh, the tribulation to be born again. There's going to come a greater revival, amen, than we ever have seen before. It will be done, amen, the great tribulation period, but God's going to, amen, uh, uh, have a great revival. Many that don't know the Lord, amen, their eyes going to come open. They're going to turn, they're going to glorify their Savior. And to keep their left bunnies, keep your left bunnies. The bunnies left would be the light of salvation. And I'm speaking now, amen, uh, basis to the church. Is your left bunnies tonight? Are your left bunnies? Are you showing salvation? In the born again human spirit, do you have salvation? They are to be watching. We, amen, the church ought to be watching, amen. 
The church ought to be watching them. They ought to be expecting Jesus to come any minute. But we done got careless. We done got foolish. We're slumming and we're sleeping. You don't hear on the news, amen, about Jesus is coming. You hear of everything else. You don't hear Christians even advocating, amen, Jesus is coming. But if there is one thing that we should be expressing in these latter days that we're living in now, Jesus is coming, and he's coming in his church. They are to be watching. They ought to. Be, they are. They are. They got the girl. They got the girl themselves with truth, and they they got to be ready to run. Amen. Because amen, there is something that is coming up on this earth. This implies that they must flee Jerusalem immediately when the trouble comes to Jerusalem. They must flee immediately. When the mountain of Allah split in half, that great mountain that God has made is going to split in half, according to Zechariah chapter 14, 1 through 5, Matthew 24, 29 and 31, and Revelation 19, 11 and 21. They must obey the instruction of Jesus in St. Luke 17, 31 and 33. To escape the army of the Antichrist. Oh, the Antichrist intend to wipe out the Jews. My God, my God. This is what we are facing yet to come upon the face of this earth. But they must watch and be prepared for Christ. They must watch and be prepared for Christ. Listen, if I can't warn you anymore, I'm going to say tonight, watch. And be prepared for Jesus because he's coming. He can't lie. He can't lie. I'm talking to the church now. The tribulation have not come as yet, amen, but it's on its way. They must watch and be prepared for Christ when he returned from the wedding of the Lamb. Verse 37 said, Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he comes, shall find watching. Blessed are those, amen, servants, when he come, amen, and he, he finds they're watching, they're looking for him. They are expecting him because so many is not expecting him, and he's coming in at that hour that you know not. Verily I say unto you that he shall girdle himself and make them to sit down to meet and will come forward and serve them. Oh, amen. Well, when that day comes, it's going to be an honor to them. And if he shall come in the second watch or in the third watch and find them, so blessed are those who serve it. Everywhere out he comes and he finds them, Amen. They watch and they watch and they they're looking for him. Whether it's in the third watch or it's in the second watch, Jesus is coming. And this note that if the bridegroom of the house had known what hour the thief would have come, he would have watched 
and not have suffered his house to be broken in if he would only knew. But he, he, he failed to watch. So, amen, the thief, amen, was observing him all the time. The thief, amen, knew when he was going to catch him off of God. That's when it behooves a Christian to keep their mind on Jesus every day. No matter, amen, what the world has done, amen, you, we, we, we are not children of this world. We are children of the kingdom of heaven. Be ye therefore ready. Be ye therefore ready also. Listen to the word of God. Be ye therefore ready also. For the Son of Man cometh at an hour when you think not. The Son of Man cometh at an hour when you think not. St. Luke 12, 37 through 40. He's coming at an hour that you don't think. We don't think like God thinks. His ways is not like our ways. Neither is his thoughts like our thoughts. Amen. As high as the heaven is from the earth, so is his thoughts from our thoughts. Be watchful tonight. Be watchful tonight. Jesus is coming. One and come before destruction. Yes, Noah preached for 120 years. One in the people that it was going to rain, but nobody wanted to believe him. Nobody wanted to believe him. And let me tell you, because of their disobedience, God destroyed all flesh up on the earth. This verse is referring to the second advent. For it is the only event referring to in the scripture as Christ as coming as a thief in the night. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse two, and second Peter three and ten, Revelation sixteen and fifteen. Read this for yourself. You see at that time, Amen, Israel's eyes are closed. In Matthew the thirteenth Chapter Jesus gave us some more insight unto why Israel is blind to the truth of salvation through Jesus Christ. Israel don't know their Lord as a nation. They don't know the Messiah. But you and I have had one of the greatest opportunities and experience, Amen. That there is, we don't have no, no, no need not not to know who Jesus is. And in the full of, and in them is fulfilling the prophecy of Esau, which says, "By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand; and seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxing gross, and their ears are dull of hearing." And their ears, they have closed. Lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and shall understand with their heart and shall be converted and I shall heal them. God having forsaken his people. Matthew chapter 13, verse 14 and 15. Jesus is referring to the peoples of Israel closing their eyes to the fact that Jesus was their Messiah. Because of the way the Old Testament is written, 
Isaiah accounted, sounded like God had closed their eyes, but we know he didn't because Jesus said their eyes, they have closed. They closed their own eyes. They didn't want to turn their back on Jesus. And I don't want to amen, I want to say amen in that time, amen, but let's but but the church today in our time is a closing eyes. They turn their back on Jesus. But in this parable, amen, the burning lamp represents salvation. Are your lamp burning? The burning lamp represents salvation. When spake as spake, amen, to Nicodemus, Jesus referred to salvation as being born again. Every born-again believer, amen, they must be born again. Of the water and of the spirit, you must be born again. You must be changed. We take lightly, born again so lightly today. We say, amen, get before the preacher and say, I confess the Lord as my Savior and believe in, I, I, I confess the Lord Jesus. And believe in my heart that God has risen him from the dead. And thou shalt be saved. We take that so lightly. But you got to be sincerely, if you ever have been sincerely in your life, when you repeat those words. And you better, amen, constantly read those words to see what it meant to be born again. The statement refers, amen, to the born-again spirit of a man in Proverbs 20 and 27. It's the spirit of man is a candlelight. Amen. In Proverbs 20 and 27, it's the spirit of man is a candle. Amen. God has a, a candle burning in man's soul because much clearer when revealed in the light of the word of David in Psalm 18 and 28, for thou will lighten my count. God will lighten man count. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. He won't let you stay in darkness if you want to come to light. If you want some, if you want to keep some oil in your vessel, you don't have to walk around in ignorant and acting foolish and amen. Uh, 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 disgracing everybody else, amen, with all them ungrateful words that people speak, amen. God will put a light in you if you let it. If you are to be born again, you can be changed. The rebirth will light our account to be born again, amen, uh, uh, change you. He put a different way, amen, for you to walk, a different way for you to talk, a different way for you to think. You let the light, amen, of the human spirit within the light of salvation. Let it come into your life. And I guarantee the Lord will change your ways. The curing of the bride chamber. To fully understand the parable of the ten virgins, we need some information concerning the curing of the bride chamber. Mentioned by Jesus in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 15. And Jesus said unto them, 
can the children of the bride chamber moan as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the day will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them, and they shall fast. Long as the bridegroom was with them, amen, they didn't need the most. They had everything. But the bridegroom was going to leave them one day. Then they were going to find out, amen, they needed to fast. Don't be misled, amen, by the word children in this phrase. Children of the bridegroom refer to people who are the friends of the bridegroom. The Greek word used in this verse for children is anessa. This word is used in, in Scripture as son, as the son of David, his son, the son of man, and offspring, such as the son of Abraham and children of Israel. So they were not little children, as some suppose. They were taking care of whatsoever were needed for the bridegroom. The ten virgins were friends of the bridegroom as well as the children of the bride chamber. Referring to by John in Matthews 9 and 15. The bridegroom usually come about midnight. I'll tell you, amen, right now it's very late in the evening for the church. It's almost midnight. Someone in the bridegroom company would cry. Behold, the bridegroom coming. Then they would go with him to the bride place and would eventually escort her back into her place. If the sound was to come tonight, the bridegroom is coming. Are you ready to meet him? Are you ready to meet Jesus? Good God Almighty. Again, these five wise virgins in Matthew 25th chapter seem to represent the church. They seem to represent the church. They were ready. They kept oil in their vessels. The body of Christ is made up of mostly of Gentiles. So this parallel basically parallels the condition of the Gentiles and the Jews at the time of the rapture. Beloved, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. I know the whole world been going on for a long time, but Jesus is coming. He's coming at his church. Are you going to be identified with the bride? 
We have been taught for many years that the church is the bride of Christ. But there is no scripture supporting to identify the church as the bride of Christ. However, I have no problem with people using the church as a parallel of the bride. Yet for identity's sake, we must let God's word settle the question. When we study the scripture carefully, with an open mind, they give us true revelation of the identity of the bride. The pattern of the ten virgins cannot be fully comprehended until we understand the scripture identity of both the church and the bride. So we're going to do a little investigation. John made mention of the lamb wife in Revelation 19, 7, and 8. Then in Revelation 21, John revealed the bride, the lamb wife, to the new Jerusalem. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. And to her were granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. Revelation 19, chapter 9 and 8. Notice that the fine linen in which the bride is arrayed is the righteousness of the saints. Ask yourself this question. If you saw a bridegroom hanging in the closet, would a bride? Would you say that the bride would hang in the closet? The bride is the one who will be adorned with the bridegroom. But the bridegroom is not the bride. In the same manner, the church body of Christ will adore the city with white robes of righteousness as Christ and his body live in the new Jerusalem. Oh, we expect in a day, a day, praise the Lord. Contrary to what many believe, there is not one scripture in the Bible that identifies the church as the bride of Christ. Are you going to stand up, stay up late tonight to find them? But I can save you the trouble and lose no sleep. It is not in the Bible. Never climb down and let do some more scripture investment. A perfect man 
Ephesians chapter 4, 11, and 13 says, we learn from Paul that Christ has given a five-four ministry. He come under the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Everybody is not into the unity of the faith, and everybody have not come into the knowledge of who the Son of God really is. We've got to keep on until we come into a a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of, of the fullness of Christ. Here Paul called the church when it's mature, when it's a grow up, quit fighting one another, quit biting one another, quit devouring one another. But when it's mature, a perfect man, the Greek word Translating man in this verse is anus, which refers only to the male genital. This would identify the body of Christ as a man, which fits perfectly with the scripture. The Greek word being used more often in the scripture refer either to mankind of both male and female in the word. But the word anus is only used in reference to the male gentle. Then for the sake of scripture identity of the church, the word used more represent male gentle, only for the head. Christ is male. Therefore, the body, the church must of necessity also be identified as the same gentle. Christ is the head of the church. As we have seen in Ephesians chapter 4, 13, it's referring to the church as a perfect man, a mature man, a grown-up. Amen. No more children tossing and turning to and fro, mature, understanding what the word of God is and the way the spirit operates. Yet we know that those in Christ are both male and female. We well know that. Yet the identity of the church as the cooperation body of Christ seems to always be referred to in the male gentle rather by the personal pronoun he or his body. The Greek word anus clearly establishes the identity of the body of Christ as being a mature man rather than a bride. Let us
the body of Christ. Paul revealed in Ephesians chapter 1, 22 and 23 that Jesus is the head of the church. And the church is his body. Thus the head can be male and the body female. For the body is always referring to a is referring to as the same gentle as the head. This will become much clearer as we look at Paul's statement in Galatians 3 and 27. For as many of you as has been baptized unto Christ has put on Christ. In other words, you have taken on his gentle. You have taken on his identity. Paul put it this way in Galatians 3 and 8. There is neither Jew nor Gentile. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye all are one in Christ Jesus. Even though there are both Gentiles in the church, there is neither male nor female in Christ. Thank God, amen. We are one in Jesus Christ, whether we're male or female. There were one faith. There were one, there were one Lord. There were one faith. And there is just one baptism. In Ephesians, amen, chapter 5, Paul makes it very clear that the body of Christ, the church, is of his body, his flesh, and his bones. If Jesus has a bride, then we, the church, also have a bride. For we are one with him now. 29th verse says, For no man even yet hated his own flesh, but nourished and cherished it. Even the Lord, the church, for we are the members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one. This is the great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. Ephesians chapter 5, 29 through 32. In these verses, Paul leaves no doubt that we take on Christ gentle for identity sake as we become one with him. The same as my wife took my name when we become one in marriage. The utmost confirmation of this is found in Revelation chapter 3. Yes, when my wife took on my name, amen, her name changed. Amen. When you, when you take on Jesus Christ, your name changed. Every born again believer, also have the identity of who Jesus Christ is. 
So therefore, as Paul, amen, is making this great statement unto us, we are believers, amen, in Christ Jesus. The Lord, amen, truly is good to us. We are speaking still on the five wise and the five foolish persons. Five of them were wise. Five of them were foolish. Amen. Keep oil in your vessels. Because we don't know the hour or the minute when the Son of Man is going to come. In these verses, Paul leaves no doubt that we take on them on Christ just for identity, safe as we become one with him. For the same, as my wife took on my name when we become one in marriage, the ultimate confirmation is found in Revelation, amen, chapter 3. Him that overcometh will I make a pillow in the temple of my God. And he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God. And the name of the city of my God, which is the new Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God. And I will write upon him my new name. Revelation 3 and 12. These verses confirm that Christ and his body, the church, will be one with that holy city in that new Jerusalem. Thank God, amen, the Lord, the one way to prepare the place for us, amen, is better than the earth, amen, that we are living in right now. This new Jerusalem identified as the bride. In the following verses, John gave us a biblical insight into the true identity of the bride. Says, and I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride of dawn for her husband. And I heard a voice, a great voice, out of the heavens saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with man, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And there came unto me one of the seven angels and talked with me, saying, Come hither. And I will show thee the bride, the lamb, wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and a high mountain. And he showed me that great, that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Revelation 21, verse 3, 2, 3, and 9 and 10. We would have, we would 
to have had help to understand that statement. However, for many years, we have lost help, and it is called indoctrination. In Acts chapter 9, we find a passage in the scripture that will lend support to the fact that the church is Christ's body and not the bride. Let's say in another way. The church is considered to him because the body and head makes the whole perfect man. The account of Paul's experience on the road of Damascus, it verifies that the church is considered, considered to be him for identity's sake. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly there shone round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth, and he heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecute thou me? Acts 9, 3 and 4. Notice that Jesus Question: Why Saul was persecuting his bride? Instead of his question was, Why persecute thou me? The church is his body. He considered it to be him. In John chapter three, we have another scripture that seemed to lend support to this position that the church should not be considered the bride. He that has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom, who standeth and heareth him, rejoicing greatly because of the bridegroom, voice, this, my joy, therefore, may be fulfilled in John 3 at 29. The church has not been officially established at that time, but John was a prophet and yet referring to himself as the friend of the bridegroom. There is no indication here that he thought the disciples of those who followed Christ would be the bride. He described himself as being a friend of the bridegroom. In Revelation 22 and 17, he gave another reference, revealing that the bride was considered to be separated from the church. And the bride says, come. And let him that hears says come, and let him that is a thirst come, and who said who will, let him come, and take of the water of life freely. Revelation 22 and 17. The book of Revelation was written 
to the church. So from verse 17, we must conclude that he he that hears is the church and is not the same as a bride. A bride has no authority to use the bridegroom's name. One last point of the major importance concerning the identity of the church. This is the main reason I have belabored the matter. If the church, the body of Christ, was identified as the bride of Christ in the scriptures, then we would not have the legal right to take on his identity or be considered one with him. If we were only a bride, we would not even have the legal right to use his name until after the marriage actually takes place. So you can see the far-reaching implication of a simple misunderstanding of the identity of the church of Jesus Christ. The scripture plainly revealing he has already given us his name to you. John 16 23 and 26, Mark 16, 17, 18. Unprepared was shut out. The unprepared was shut out. They, they wasn't able it to go in. It is evident, amen, from the problem of the ten virgins that the five foolish virgins was not prepared when the bridegroom came and were not recognized as guests for the marriage. Don't let that be you. The five foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamp has gone out. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage. And the door was shut. Matthew 25, 8 and 10. When the bridegroom arrived, the five foolish virgins found themselves with a severe problem. At a very critical time, because they had made the proper preparation, they needed oil, which represented the source of life. Don't let your light go out. Don't let your light go out, church. Some might ask how oil could represent salvation. Knowing that one can buy no no one can buy salvation. However, the prophetic uttering from Isaiah chapter fifty five. And the statement of Jesus in John 6, 56 and 58, give us an answer and bring the whole matter into perspective. 
as we compare the following verses in Isaiah to the statement of the five who were wise, we will be able to see the intent of these words. Oh, everyone that's thirsty, come ye to the water, and he that has no money, come ye. Buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and you labor for that which satisfies not? Heart and diligent unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in the fatness. Isaiah 55, 1 and 2. He that eateth of my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. And as the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven. Not as the Father did eat manners in our dead, he that eateth of this bread shall live forever. John 6, 56 and 58. Jesus is the bread of life which came down from heaven. God is saying, come and buy it without money. You don't have to come with no money to buy salvation. Just come, amen, to Jesus. Amen. This will seem to be revealed in the intense of the referring in Matthew 25 and 9, when the five wise birds said to the five foolish, go to those that sell and buy. In other words, go and obtain from the one who is a source of supply. My time is running out, praise the Lord. But thank you, amen. Pray for us more, and God bless you tonight. Don't be like the fire foolish. Keep oil in your belt. Into the hands of my conductor. That was beautiful tonight coming from Dr. Moore. We appreciate the beautiful message for the five foolish and the five wise. Please tune in yet again next week. We shall be back again. And don't forget, 21st, 22nd, 23rd, 24th of June, 2018, for the 5th. Pastors Anniversary Good night everybody We love you God bless Until next week We'll see you again Same time Same place 9.30 God bless and good night Bye bye You know it's going to be a good day when your biggest concern in the morning is collecting the crumbs falling from the McDonald's crispy chicken biscuit. Your only concern should be, has your day peaked too early? Enjoy every last crumb of the new McDonald's crispy chicken biscuit for only $3. At Eddie's Ice Soft Drink for just a dollar, and you get your day started on a high note. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal.